Well, good morning. God bless everyone. It is a blessing to be with each and every one of you this morning. As you can see on the screen, my name is Henry Falcone from Flame of Fire Kingdom Awakening Messengers. It is great to be back on the air with you again. It's been a long time since I've been able to do a, a, a video series. And um, but praise God, here we are. As you probably know, I'm going to check my uh, Facebook right now to make sure um, everything is working properly. So I need to do that. Make sure that we are on the air. And uh, let's make sure I'm on the right one here. So praise God. I'm trusting that. Yes, there we are. Beautiful. Awesome. Excellent. I should be able to see your your um, uh, chats. So I want to welcome you today. Please sign in. Let us know where you are from. That would be awesome. And um, uh, we like to keep in touch with those that are watching the broadcast. And uh, we have a lot of information to share with you as we go forth uh, today. And so I'm just grateful for the Lord and um, for all that he's done. Amen. So welcome. God bless you. Welcome to this new series. I'm excited to share with you that which is uh, God has put on my heart. I believe a present word of the Lord and helping us to be prepared for what's coming upon the earth. And so that's what this broadcast is about. Back in 2020, right after right during the time of COVID, the Lord had me start doing daily uh, daily uh, briefings. And so I did it every day for a while. And then all of a sudden the Lord began to unfold uh, the book of Revelation in a much deeper way, the first five chapters. And I called it, the Lord called it, the Glory Roadmap. And so if you go to our, our Facebook page or our website at www.flameoffire2007.org, you can go back to the, uh, me, uh, I believe it's the uh, media section, or, and, and click on it, and you'll see the, all the series from 2020 up to now. And this is a continuation of that series of the unfolding of what I believe the Lord is saying and doing since um, 2020. So I hope this broadcast will be a blessing to you. I pray that it will help you get prepared. Um, you know, um, the first first 2,000 years of the church, we have you know, we preached the gospel of salvation, of being saved, and thank God, and we will continue to do that. But as we entered into the third day, which I'm going to talk about later, you know, into the kingdom age, you know, we've gone from a, a, a message of salvation to a message of preparation. Preparation for what? That's the question. To be prepared to rule and reign with him for a thousand years in the millennial reign and after that. So it's quite important that we're able to watch, um, we're able to know how what the Lord is doing to prepare us for not only now, but for eternity of eternities. And that's what this broadcast is about. It's a message of preparation. Okay. And so I'm going to share things with you that you have to have an ear to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to understand, you know, um, the present word of the Lord. Now, some people are going to love that which I'm going to share because they're going to receive it, and some are not. You know, some are going to discern it rightly, some are going to discern it wrongly, and that's okay. You know, because it's up to the Lord and that person to be able to receive the spiritual things of the Lord, the things that God has in store for us. So before we go any farther, further, excuse me, let us, let's pray and just seek the Lord together. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We welcome you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for allowing me to do this broadcast, Lord. Be with you. This broadcast is about you and us. And Lord, I pray that your manifested presence come and reveal yourself to us. Lord, that you would speak a very present word to us today, a word, a, a now word, Lord. Lord, 
a word that would change us from the inside out, a word that's transformational, a word with impartation, a prophetic apostolic word from your spirit of prophecy and from the seven spirits of God. And Lord, this morning, Lord, we declare, Lord, that we are forgiven by the blood of Jesus. And we come before you, not because of our own righteousness, but because of the blood of Jesus and his body that was given for us. Because of what you did, Lord, we've been disconnected. Yes, we, Lord. And Lord, I pray that this will become a real reality in our life, that we've been disconnected from the tree, you know, of the knowledge of good and evil. And we've been reconnected to the tree of life that's in the midst of the garden. So, Lord, I thank you for connecting us. I thank you, Lord, for the new connection. I thank you, Lord, that you said to he that overcomes, I give him the right. And I pray that we that we be made overcomers today in a deeper and more fuller way so that we can eat from the tree of life that's in the midst of the garden. Lord, that's what we want. We want to eat of you, to drink of you, to partake of you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we know you, but we want to know you better. We see you, but we want to see you better. We hear you, but we want to hear you better. Lord, bring us up into that true fellowship and intimacy with you. Lord, that we become one with you. I ask you to remove every barrier, every hindrance, and we welcome you, refiner's fire, and fullest hope to come and do your work in our lives. And we thank you, Lord, for sending us a spirit of burning and a spirit of judgment to beautify us, as it says in Isaiah 4, to beautify us, Lord, to remove all the spirit of pride and haughtiness from us, God. So, Lord, that you can pitch a canopy of your glory over us, Lord, that you would be our God and we would be your people. We commit this meeting into your hands. And we thank you. Holy Spirit, coming, teacher, teach us, master, teach us. Lord, I declare over us today, Psalm 32, 8, Lord, where you said, I, the Lord, that's you, I, the Lord, will come and teach us and instruct us in the way that we should go, and that you'd even guide us with your own eyes. So thank you for teaching us and instructing us in the way that we would go. And God, that you guide us with your own eye. Help prepare this people, oh God. Prepare us, Lord, for what's coming in our nation, what's coming on the earth. Help us to be prepared, Lord. Mature sons and daughters of God, a man-child company, a bride, all adorned in white, Lord. Overcomers, Lord, as you called us to be, so we can flow with you as one, as a bride with a bridegroom, and that you can form us now into a kingdom of kings and priests unto you, Lord, that we can rule and reign with you as a wheel within a wheel on the earth. Now to you, Lord, who can do exceedingly above, all that we ask or think to you, Lord, be the glory. Amen and amen. Praise God. Amen. Please sign in. Let us know where you're from. Sister Eva from Canada. God bless you. Oh, I can't wait for God to bring us up to Canada. Amen. When his time is right. Praise the Lord. Because I know there's so many Canadian saints that are so in love with Jesus. And just to be with you and be with the Lord. Oh, what a blessing that would be. So we're so glad that you could watch today. Amen. So if you have any comments, as Sister Eva did, please write as we go forward today so we can, um, um, you know, um, know who you are and where you're from. Again, I'm just going to share with you um, uh, at the end of this broadcast a little bit about our, our website and what, uh, what you can find there, you know, as well as our Facebook page. There's all wonderful things that could be a blessing. Last, yesterday, I released a new song that God gave me called God of Miracles. If you haven't heard it yet, please go to the Facebook page or the YouTube page, our YouTube channel, which is Psalmist Henry Falcone, and click on it so you can hear what the Lord is doing. Amen. Well, anyways, bless the name of the Lord. It's so good to be back broadcasting again. 
you know, over the last, I have to say since probably January, uh, before January, the last few years have been probably the greatest trial times in our lives, my wife my and my family, uh, and I think for many of the body of Christ. And I want to talk about that today. Because many of you are facing the most horrific situations and difficult times. And it says in, in 1 Peter, it says in the last days, 2 Peter, it says in chapter 3, it says in the last days, there'll be perilous times, hard to deal with and hard to bear. And boy, that's the truth. And it also speaks of a process in Isaiah about the Lord beautifying us and sending the spirit of judgment and the, and, and the spirit of burning. And in Malachi chapter three, it talks about the refiner's fire and the fuller soul. And beloved, those of you that are hearing the Lord, you are be, and those of you that are running after the Lord or desire to run after the Lord with all your heart and give the Lord the totality of your being, many, many of you, many ministers, ministries, families are going through the most difficult times of their life. Now, I've gone through trials and I've gone through desert seeds in my life. But I have to say the last few years have been very, 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 very difficult. There were days, beloved, I didn't know if we would make it. There's days I cried and wept before the Lord. You know, the, the, the very words of Job, though you slay me, yet will I still trust you. You know, there were times where I cried out. To, I had to weep and cry before the Lord and say, Lord, I would have fainted. I would have given up unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord, of the land of the living. And this intense pressure, this intense fire that many of you are going through has a purpose and a plan. It's not only to refine us like gold and silver, it's to prepare us for what's to come. The Lord is emptying us. The Lord is reducing us. The Lord is bringing us to the end of every single particle in us that would ever want to live separate from the Lord, or do anything separated from the Lord, and that's critical. While many in the church are running to do the work of the Lord and continuing the church age message and reaching the lost and doing other work of ministries, and that's wonderful. Okay? But they're not receiving this work of the Lord, the work of preparation, because their eyes are focused upon, you know, the church age as we've known it to be, you know, and they're sharing the gospel and they're doing wonderful things in the name of the Lord. And God bless them for doing that. And that doesn't mean what I'm sharing with you means to stop doing those things. But what's missing from the church age and those that are still living in the church age of the second day, the first 2,000 years of the, of the church, what they're missing is this intense dealing of the Lord. You see, those that want to go beyond their experiences of working for the Lord, those who want to go beyond the experience of being saved, those that want to go on to experience beyond the baptism of the Spirit, those that are, want to hunger and thirst and know the Lord intimately as one with Him, those have been set apart by the Lord and they, they, they're the, 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 the approbation of God, the approbation means favor, direct dealings of the Lord are upon their lives, that approbation. That approbation means that you've given God permission to do in you what he may not do in others because they're not letting him. Now, I prayed for this. I asked for this. And so I shouldn't complain when I go through the fires because I asked the Lord to do this. I asked the Lord to do this in my family. I certainly would have never picked. And I don't think you would have either. I don't think I've ever, I would have ever picked. You know, uh, you know, the path that God has led us on. You know, there's a path that's ease. If you want to stay in the church, if you want to build ministries, if you want to build organizations, that path is, can be pretty easy. Yes, you're dealt with some. I don't, I don't disregard that. But it's a, it's a much easier path. There are, but there are those that have chosen to go through a suffering, a dealing with God that goes beyond anything that they did. 
has nothing to do with what they did right or wrong. They, they just allow the Lord to do an intense work with them so that they can be poured out, as Oswald Chambers would say, as broken bread and poured out in wine. And so they go through a much deeper dealing of God. They, they actually learn how to buy the extra oil, like the wise virgins, to put, so that when, when, the, when behold, at the midnight hour, they can go out and they can, they can trim their lamps and they have enough oil to go out and meet the bridegroom. Now, if you notice, there was five wise and five foolish. The foolish didn't do that. They were content with their salvation. They were content with the baptism of the spirit. They were content doing their work and ministry for the Lord. They were content with the American dream church Christianity. They were content with that. But there were those that weren't content. And like you, there were those that are not content. You want the more of God. You want the deeper of God. And so you ask God, say, Lord, whatever you take, whatever it takes, whatever you got to do. I maybe pray that whatever it takes, whatever you got to do, Lord, Lord, do it. And you meant it. And then God starts dealing with you. You say, oh, God, stop. <laughs> Lord, that's not what I meant. But you really did mean it. But you said, Lord, that's not what I meant. But you do. <laughs> right? You do mean it. And so the Lord doesn't listen to our whining. And he doesn't listen to our complaining because you gave the Lord the totality of your being. And because you gave the Lord totality of the, your being, you've given the Lord, the right to choose. You're giving up your right to choose. So God has to work within you to give up every right to choose. And he allows you to walk through circumstances and situa situations where there is nothing your hands can do, nothing anybody's hands can do. And he brings you to a total emptiness. Does this make sense to you today? A totally brokenness that the only one that can help you, the only one that can deliver you, the only one that can change and circumstances is the Lord. And like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, you know, we have to be willing to be thrown into that fiery furnace and even say, Lord, even if you don't deliver us, we're not going to bow our knee to Baal. What is that for us? Not, we're not going to bow our knee to fixing things and doing things in our own strength. We all have that ability to fix it. We all have that ability to try to change things. And we do it in our human nature. It's just the way that fallen nature works because we want to take control of our lives. We want to make everything copacetic, right? We want to make everything perfect. And boy, when things get thrown out of what we want, boy, that's when you find out what you have and what you don't have in the Lord. I sure have. I sure have. I would, be, I would be lying to you if I didn't. Through the testing that this year has brought to me and my family, I have really found out not I, what I do not have. And I thank God for that because it causes me to repent. It causes me to be broken and change and cry out for more of God, deeper of God. I need to be changed completely. I need that full grown stature of Jesus. I need to come into maturities in more and deeper ways than, than what I've ever known or ever experienced. And that's just not me, that's all of us. We have to come into a, a new place with God. And in this breaking process, beloved, in this undoing process of this emptying process, God is making us a kingdom wineskin. Because the only way we're gonna survive in the day that's coming on the earth, the only way we're gonna decide be able to um, survive in this nation with what's coming is to be a new wineskin, a kingdom wineskin. Because God is pouring out new wine for this day. That's why the miracle of Cana is so important because on the third day, right, he changed the water into wine. I've taught about that. You can go back to my previous broadcast that God gave me that because I've taught a lot in detail about those things. But I think the important thing is to understand that you can't put new wine in an old wineskin. You can only put new wine in a new wineskin. Through this pressure, 
through his dealings, as we transition out of the church age into the kingdom age, out of the second day to the third day. You see, Peter said, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. It was 4,000 years from Adam to Christ. That's four days. God dealt with Israel. And then from Christ to now, the year 2000 was 2,000 years. That six days have been completed. And in the year 2000, we entered into the seventh day or the third day of the church. So when I talk about third day, that's what I'm talking about. And we've entered into a, a kingdom age, you know? And, and the kingdom age is just a transition from what we are, what we've been, to what we're to be. Paul said, I know what I am now, but what we're going to become, I do not know. But that's exactly what he's written. What we're to become as full-grown sons and daughters of God is what we are to be upon this earth. And the process of that cause that process of change you find in the first five books of Revelation, where and especially chapters two and three, the Lord deals with his people. And there's one cry, repent. And there's one action, overcome. And so the overcomers, you can see in every one, I'm not going to spend time on it today, but if you take a look at Revelation 2 and 3, I encourage you to read what the reward for the overcomers are. They are positioned, they are prepared, and they are propelled in Revelations 5, 6, and 10 to be formed into a kingdom of priests and kings, priests and kings, sons and daughters, bride and son, to rule and reign with him forever and ever. So what I'm sharing with you is not just about for today. What I'll be sharing on this broadcast is not just even for the millennial reign, it's for eternal life forever and ever. There's a thousand year reign of Jesus that's coming. It's gonna, it's beginning to, to come into existence. And Jesus is gonna rule and reign and the kingdoms of this earth are gonna become the kingdoms of our God in Christ. And a new Jerusalem city is gonna come down and be the ruling center of the of the Lord. It's not a physical city. It's a bride all are down in white. This is all those that are prepared to work with him on the earth, to be by his side, a new Jerusalem city, a bride. That, that, that bride, that new Jerusalem city represents governmental power, governmental authority to rule with him over the nations. This honor has all his saints. And before that comes, there's cleansing judgments that are going to remove Satan, the demons, and all those you know that oppose the Lord are going to be removed and thrown into a lake of fire. And then there's going to be a thousand years of peace, a thousand years of the rule of reign of the Lord. Then there's a many let Satan out for a little while. I haven't figured that one out yet. And then after that, Satan and all those who and his demons and all those will be put into the second death. And then the redeemed will stay with the Lord forever and ever and ever. Amen. I had my coffee this morning. I'm drinking Dunkin' Donuts. I got my mug, my journey mug. Amen. I hope this is making sense to you because I think it's critical. Amen. I think it's critical for us to understand the process of preparation of the Lord. Now, I get greatly persecuted for bringing this message because when I begin to share with you the difference between the church age and the kingdom age, the church age structure and the kingdom structure that God is building that is so different than anything we've ever known in the church age. I, this is where the persecution comes because ministers and people think I'm talking about them. But what I'm sharing with you is about what God is building us and what we're becoming. We're becoming, beloved, Ezekiel's wheel within a wheel. We're becoming a royal priesthood in a holy nation. We're being formed as living stones into a spiritual house that will show forth the praises of him that called us out of darkness into his glorious light. We're being formed into a body. 
but this body is not just made for ministry. Boy, that's a word. This body is not just made for ministry. It's made for eternity. It's made to be his. It's made to do his pleasure. It's made to rule and reign with him as a bride with a bridegroom. It is made to be able to satisfy the very heart of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's much more than just doing ministry work. That's included, but it's not the only thing. And that's where many in the church age have missed it. That's why they missed the sign of 2020, where the Lord shut everything down. He shut the whole nations down. He shut the church down. He gave us a big pause, a Sila moment. And in that moment, something happened. We have never been the same. There was a spiritual shift in 2020 that has affected the nations like nothing ever has affected before. COVID-19 was the mechanism of the enemy that God has used to bring this change. And as you can see, there's an acceleration of darkness in this nation. You can see the acceleration of darkness on the world. You can see, and that's what God warned me about the election of 2020, that if we, if you know, God, God was going to give, God desired to give us more time, but we chose less time by what we, what, what came forth in that election, which meant that the, the powers of the Antichrist, the one world government, the one world order was going to come accelerating in the nations. And we see it. We see it. But, the, you know, but with that, also, there's an acceleration of the spirit of God and those that are emptying themselves, those that are in the pressure cooker, those that are allowing God to absolutely empty them of everything, every thought, every mindset that we've had, those preconceived ideas, you know, every spirit of religion, of religiosity, you know, is being removed from us. You see, much of the church has experienced salvation, baptism of the Holy Spirit. But for the most part, especially in this nation, we continue to live the American dream Christianity. We fit God into our lives. You know, we look for the Lord, but we're fitting God into our lives. We choose, we pick, we plan what we want to give, where we want to go, how much we give, how much we want to be involved. We're still in charge. And there's a mixture of what we want and what God wants. And see, that's the church at the end of the age, Laodicea. They have a mixture. They're lukewarm. The Lord has to remove every part of our desire to do what we want independently from him. And boy, that takes a work. It takes a work of the spirit of God to remove our independence. And so you can keep that independence or you can lose it to the amount that you want to. You can grow 30, 60, but very few will probably hit 100 fold because that means the emptying, complete emptying. And man, is it difficult. I would never choose to walk in what I'm walking through right now. You have no idea. And I'm not even going to tell you. I mean, I'm really, I can't even tell you the trials, the intensity of the dealings of the Lord. And like Job, people, your, your friends look at you and say, there must be something wrong with you. And they accuse you of all the lies. They lie about you. They talk evil about you, just like Job's friends did. But in the midst of that, you know, there's that spirit like Job that wants to defend itself. But in the end, the Lord came to speak to Job and he said, where were you when I started in that long dissertation? And at the end, Job says, I am humbled. I fall on my face like dust. I've spoken like a fool. I'm undone. That's what he said. You know, Lord, I was foolish. Forgive me. Because I thought I knew your ways. See, that's what we're dealing with today in the present church leadership, because they think they know the ways of the Lord because of what they've known, like Job. But God needed to open Job's eyes to see him. You see, Job's testimony was this. Before, I knew about you with the hearing of the ear. That's today's present, 
present leadership in many cases. But now I have seen you face to face. See, I heard about you with a human leader, but now I have seen you. Now I've known you. And that's what the transition out of the church age into the kingdom is. is so that what, what we've known by the hearing of our ears and even what we have seen cannot compare to the glory, you know, that he's filling us with. He says these present sufferings that we're going through cannot compare to the eternal weight of glory that shall be seen risen upon us and in us. Amen. Thank you for joining this morning. Amen. I'm trying to see if, uh, oops, sorry, guys. Thank you for this I see if there's anybody signing in. Eva's on Lynn. Hello. If, uh, God bless you. Thank you for joining this morning. I don't know who else is on, but if you write on the chat, I can read them on my, so I have my phone here. So I can read any comments that you have as well. Thank you, Lord. But in the severe trials and difficulties, we're being emptied. Good morning, Candice. God bless you from Philadelphia. Lynn from Colorado. Amen. These trials, these difficulties have a purpose in emptying us of all our independence, all our ways where we would use these hands to try to fix, change, and even work the works of the Lord in our own strength. You see, Jesus said, you know, it, apart from me, you can do nothing. We do a lot of nothings apart from him. Those are our decisions. Those are our choices that we make independently. I call them unilateral decision-making. So often we make decisions not realizing how that's going to affect our life, our, our spouses, our children, our grandchildren, our works. We make decisions that seem right. See, there's a way that seems right to the men, but the end ends in destruction. Giving up that choice, every choice to the Lord is the most difficult process you and I can ever experience because it really requires a death. It really requires a, a crucifixion of all that we were, all that we want to be that is different and independent from God so that we can re, so that we can become empty before Lord before the Lord so that we can become everything that we were created to be you see Paul's testimony wasn't just a, a nice saying I've been crucified with Christ you see many of you are going through these dealings you've been attacked physically emotionally spiritually family relationship finances jobs you name it and you're saying, why, Lord? Why? You know, I love you. I'm serving you. Many aren't going through this. Why am I going through this intense dealing? Just like Job, he went through an intense dealing because Job was righteous before the Lord. And there was no one more righteous before the Lord than Job. But Job needed to see the Lord in a new and different way. And that 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 righteousness that he had was an impart, it was an it was an imparted righteousness. But Job needed an imputed, right? I mean, imputed righteousness. He needed the imparted, the deep work of the Lord that his righteousness became his life experience. So through the intense suffering, God brought him forth in a brand new way before. And see, this has to be our testimony in this hour. Before I've heard you in the church age with the hearing in the ear. But now in the kingdom age, I see you face to face. That's what it's about, face to face. John the Beloved is called face-to-face -face with Jesus on the island of Patmos, and he, he sees Jesus like he's never seen him before. See, it's face-to-face. -face. But to hear him face-to-face, -face, we have to hear the voice of the Lord in a new way as a war trumpet. He heard the voice of the war trumpet 
saying, come up here in Revelation chapter four. And then when he looked up, he saw a door standing open in heaven and then behold a throne. See, that's really important. We are being positioned and prepared for the deepest revelation of Jesus Christ in our lives. In 2 Thessalonians 1.10, it says, in that day, what day? This day, the day that we're living in right now, beloved. In that day, Jesus will come. And I want to say Jesus is here. Jesus will come, what? To be seen. And for him to be seen, we have to not be seen. Would you agree? For us, for Jesus to be truly seen in us, we, we have to decrease so that, what? He can increase. He's come to be seen, what? Glorified. To be seen, what? Glorified. That means filled with his glory. And that's why Isaiah chapter four is so important, how the Lord has to come and beautify us, change us so that we can be the reflection of that glory, that our life becomes a reflection of his life. And it's in the testing and the trial and the wilderness, you find out, and this is the truth, what you have of the Lord, what God has worked in you. And you can thank God for that. But you also find out what you don't have. And boy, oh boy, it's eye-opening. And when it's eye-opening, it gives you a sober estimation of yourself. And many times God has to bring a sober estimation because pride is easy to come by. I think I've, I've obtained this and God, you've done this and I'm grateful and I'm thankful. All you've done in my life. And then you begin to see the areas of your life that still need transformation. We have to be completely transformed, don't we not? We have to be completely made into the image of Christ. We have to completely become full-grown sons and daughters, not just potentially, but in reality. We've got to function as he would function in the earth. He says, as I was in the world, so are you. So our oneness with the Lord has to be fully developed. That's what this, this series is going to be about, developing that oneness, understanding the ways of God, to understand what he's doing in your life right now, what he's doing in our lives, and how he's getting us ready for what's coming. We're not ready, beloved. I, I wish we were. The church is not ready. Probably the church you go to is not ready because they're not talking about being ready. They're talking about working for the Lord which is part of our, our, our destiny and our, 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 of what the Lord has for us on the earth for now. But it's not the only part. And when you make that the whole, you miss all of the, you become like that, that foolish virgin who's content with three things. She's content being saved, being filled with the Holy Spirit and working for the Lord. But the wise, they have something more. They want the Lord of the work. They want to know him. How many of you are burning for him? How many are desiring to be one with him? How many of you are passionately in love with him? That is what the Lord brings to this process because in the breaking process, in the undoing process, it creates a emptiness, a desperation that causes us to hunger and thirst after the Lord in ways we would have never done it if we weren't going through the testing. We hunger and thirst after God because we have to find him. And at first, we're finding him to deliver us from all those circumstances. But many times, the Lord allows us to stay in there until we start getting our eyes of being delivered out of, but to be delivered from of. We want to be delivered out of, and God wants to deliver us from what? From what's in us that's keeping us from experiencing true kingdom life, true kingdom reality true kingdom power, glory, and authority, because we must decrease and, and we must increase and he must increase. The decreasing process is so difficult. Oh, my honey's on. Thank you, Lord. 
this breaking is to develop a oneness with the Lord by making us absolutely desperate, absolutely dependent. He won't let us look to men. He won't look at, make us look to ministries. It brings us to absolute aloneness with God. And in that alone desert time, you know, we're screaming, we're kicking because our flesh doesn't want to be there. The circumstances are horrific and it looks like you're going to die. It looks like you're not going to make it. It looks like your family's not going to make it. It looks like your finances are going to dry up. It looks like your ministry is going to come to an end. It looks like everything around you, your health isn't going to make it, but it's there. It's there. When we learn to surrender, we find that fourth man standing in the fire. And the purpose of what the preparation of God is, the dealings of God are, is to bring us to that we see him. Oh, isn't that beautiful? That in that place of absolute helplessness and desperation, when we no longer seek the deliverance, but we seek the deliverer. I'm going to say that again. When we seek, when we stop seeking to be delivered and we seek the deliverer, we find him. I find, I found the one that my soul loves and song of the bride in the Shulamite said, and when I found him, I held him and I would not let him go. And I prayed that he, that, that, that I could bring him into the place where my mother conceived me. That's so beautiful. What is she saying? She's saying, I found the one that my soul loved in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the persecution, in the midst of the suffering. And when I found him, I would not let him go. That's what you find in this time right now. You find him and I will not let him go. That is what the Lord is looking for that we will not let him go. You see, because many in that trial if, who have not given the Lord the totality of the building are gonna shake their fist at God. They're gonna turn their back on God. And many are gonna fall away from the Lord because he didn't do what they wanted him to do. They had an expectation. They had an idea of what their life should look like. you know. And because their life is not what it looks like and they're going through intense suffering and, and battles and, and, and difficulties and trials, they want to give up on God. They want to, they, that spirit wants to tell you, see, look at what, look how evil God is. Look at, if God loved you, why would you have to go through these things? There must be something wrong with you like Job's friend. I, Job had no idea why God was bringing him through that fire. He didn't because God didn't answer him. God allowed everything to be stripped from him. He lost children. He lost his house. He lost his property. His wife actually told him, why don't you curse God and die? His friends berated him. He was covered with boils and sicknesses. And he knew he didn't do anything wrong. He knew he tried to live the best life he could for the Lord. But you see, what was really there was that he was justifying himself somehow before the Lord. That his goodness alone was enough that he should not have to go through these things and what did the lord show him that his goodness was but a filthy rag where were you job i blessed you because i'm god i blessed you because i love you i blessed you because you're my child not because of what you did for me you can never bring what you did for the lord as an offering to justify yourself that now god has to do these things for you i tried it it doesn't work he told me that my righteousness was but a filthy rag and I was angry with him. I said, how can this be my righteousness? I said, I said, I've done everything you asked me to do. All these other pastors, they're not even doing, Lord, they're preaching watered down gospel and you're, and they're blessed and they're prospering. They got finances. I don't even have two nickels to rub together. You know, so I expected to say, oh, Henry, I feel so sorry for you. You poor thing. Pat me on the back. Let me know what he said. 
Henry, your righteousness is but a filthy rag. And I was angry. How is this my righteousness, God? That's what I said. That's what Job said. How is this my righteousness? And the Lord said to me this, Henry, I'm going to provide for you for one reason and one reason only. I absolutely love you. I was undone. You see, I thought because I worked hard for the Lord, that I obeyed the Lord. That's why God would provide for me. Because obedience is better than sacrifice. If you be willing and obedient, you eat of the good of the lands. But all of a sudden, instead of it being his righteousness, it became mine. I began to justify myself before the Lord. I earned this. I was looking to the Lord as my employer for that moment. And I'm his employee demanding my wages. I didn't want to suffer anymore. And that's what comes in this trial, in this spiritual time of preparation with the Lord. Is that it really, we don't, our flesh doesn't want to suffer. Paul writes, I've been crucified. See, that's what we are dealing with right now. That reality of Paul's statement. See, that's the sonship side. I have been crucified with Christ. Not many will allow him to really become crucified until our testimony because I've been crucified with Christ. Right? But not I, but Christ now lives in me. I've been crucified with Christ, but not I. See, that's what this is all about, the removing, but not I. The eye that wants to choose, the eye that wants to make my own decisions, the eyes that wants my life full of comfort, my eye that doesn't want difficulties to come, circumstances to come, situations to come, the, the, the eye that wants to hide on an island and get away from all the pressure, the eye that's always stressed out. And I know what that is because I, I, I believe me, I've gone through it. What we face is, what we face has been very stressful. There's no doubt about it. And it has an effect upon your body, your soul, and your mind when you're not trusting in the Lord fully. And that's what God needs to show you, where you're not trusting him fully, where, 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 where every place of doubt and belief still may remain, fear may um, uh, remain. And finally, in the midst of that fire, like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, you begin to recognize that your deliverer is there. But I want you to know that he stood there and he did, Jesus did not open the door. Mm -mm. He just stood with them in the fire because they were being refined in the fire like gold and silver. We need to find in that, in the testing and the preparation and the wilderness time that we're going through and this tremendous dealing that many of you are facing right now. I don't know about you, but I wanted to be out of it. I want to be, I'm in it today and I want to be out of it. But I realize I'm not out of it until God takes me out of it. He has to lead me out of it. My eyes need to be focused on him in the midst of the fire. I remember I got a prophetic word one time that said, don't fret at the fiery circumstances you're in. Don't fret at what's going on around you. Don't fret at the circumstances, but be concentrated fully on the presence of the Lord that's with you in the midst of the fire. And boy, that word has been coming back up within me. Oh my God, is it coming back within me? Be concentrated fully on the presence of the Lord that's with you. We have faced attack from I mean, I've, I've said this before, and I'm not trying to get anybody's sympathy, but I know you understand what I'm talking about. I mean, I've got the kitchen sink, the bathroom sink, the neighbor sinks, and the, the, my whole development sinks and thrown at me. And there's been times where you just despair. You can even despair for your life. You can despair. Oh, God, this is, I can't handle this. I can't take this. And you can't. And that's the point. Because it's in that moment you have a choice to give up or to go up. You can give up or go up. 
We can whine or we can worship. That's what happens. You have choices in that testing. And if we choose rightly, we become overcomers. If we choose rightly, we become mature sons of God. If we choose rightly, you know, the Lord can begin to work within us in ways that he could never work with without us being in that vial. We can be emptied in ways we've never been emptied. And then we can be filled with his glory in ways we could never be filled with his glory if we choose right. It's all about choosing. What will we choose? Will we choose his ways or our ways? Will we choose our thoughts or his thoughts? The quicker we surrender, the quicker we see him, the quicker we begin to find him and see him in the ways that he needs to be seen, then he can lead us out. But he can't lead us out until we get the deeper revelation of who he is as the king of glory, as, as, as our, our Jehovah Mavaldi. We can't go forward without that revelation. We can't go forward without the new seeing of him. Before, remember, Job said, I heard you with the hearing of the ears, but now, now I see you face to face. It's the face to face, the oneness with the Lord that God is after in the midst of all you're going through. It's to bring us to him. It's causing us to come up to see him. It's causing us to lay down everything that we thought, everything we understood. It, it causes us to lay down all our religious thinking, everything that we've learned because we're in a new day in a new wineskin and drinking new wine. And to be filled with that new wine, we have to undo, we have to remove the old wineskin. We have to let it, you know, let it pass away. And, 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 and back in the days of Jesus, the only way that they could cause the old wineskin to become new is they had to beat it because it was stretched out by the wine. The only way they could get it to contract was to beat it. <laughs> Boy, that's what it feels like. It feels like you're taking a beating. No, God's not beating us. He's, he's emptying us. Surrounded in his loving arms, if we'll see it. He's not letting us be burned. He's not, he's not letting us drown. We're going to walk through the waters, you know, and not drown. We're going to walk through the fire and not be burned because God is with us and him will live and move. I have my being. But the emptying of our self-strength, our self-effort, and I want to say our sweat, because we can't bring our sweat to God. We're sweating in that fire, and that sweat wants us to get out. That sweat wants us to find all the ways out. When God wants to find all the ways in, we want to get out. God wants to get in. Boy, what a paradox that is, right? We want to get out of the fire. God wants to come in with his fire. He wants to stand in us as that fourth man. He wants to stand with us to bring us peace that surpasses all understanding. He wants us to rest in the midst of the trial. He wants us to rest of the he wants us to rest and find him, knowing that he'll never leave us, knowing that he will never forsake us, knowing that no matter where we are today, no matter what you're going through, when, with sickness attacking your body your symptoms on your body or your finances dried up or your family falling apart or whatever. He wants us to know that I am here with you and you must trust me. And in that place, we learn that crucifixion process to be crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, he says, nevertheless, I live. See, nevertheless, that's the work of the fire. I've been crucified with Christ, but nevertheless, see, that's a turn. That's a transition from one place to another. Nevertheless, I live, but not I. See, I, I have been crucified with Christ. Here's a transition. Nevertheless, what I live, but not I. See, he was in one place. The fire of the crucifixion of the dealings of what we're walking through right now is preparing us to be full-grown sons and daughters to rule and reign with him because he's forming us. 
in this pressure, he is forming us right now into a kingdom people. He's forming us into an arising people. He's forming us into an army. He's forming us into the people of God. He's forming us into a royal priesthood and a holy nation. He's forming us right now in this fire of affliction, in this furnace of affliction, in this refiner's fire and full of salt, in this spirit of judgment and spirit of burning. He's beautifying us. It just, I don't feel beautiful. I don't know about you. The intensity of the dealings, you don't feel beautiful. You feel ugly because you begin to see all the stuff that's not beautified. And it's critical that this process works with us. It's critical we understand it so that we can let God deal with us, so that God can bring us out changed. He will bring us out, but not as we went in. We have to come out different. The question is, are you different? In that fire, in that intensity, in that burning, you begin to see, man, a lot of old ways, a lot of old thinking, a lot of old thoughts, a lot of old habits get exposed in that place of how we are that the Lord says, those are the things I'm showing you in this fire. Why? Because I, I want, I need to remove them once and for all by my spirit of burning. Why? Because they're hindering you from walking in the fullness of my glory. I've got to remove everything in you. That's not my kingdom. I'm going to move everything in you that blocks the reflection of my life in you. Our life must become the reflection of his life. Would you agree? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I know many times in that trial and testing and breaking that we're walking in right now. There's severe difficulties. You know, you weep and you cry. And the Lord, those tears from the suffering you're enduring become an aroma to God when you can find him there, when you can worship him there. I know that I said, Lord, there's only one thing I know how to do, and that's to praise you and worship you right now. I will hear, Lord, though you slay me. See, that's a worship. That's a song. Though you slay me, yet will I trust you. The Lord giveth. The Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You see, we can either whine or worship. We can murmur and complain, or we can be men and women of faith. And I know we try that. We begin, I don't know about you, but when you're in that trial, you begin to, you say every scripture you know, you bind up every spirit you know, you do it. But all of a sudden, things haven't changed because the tools that we have used in the second day church or in our lives do not work here. Those tools, are they won't work in this new day. They have to be refined. They have to be brought up into a new level. They have to come up here. They have to be, They have, we have to hear the Lord from the spirit of prophecy instead of just the gift realm in the office of the prophet. We have to hear him in a different way. We have to hear his voice as a war trumpet. If I stay down here in the gift realm and in the, uh, in the, in the fivefold ministry realm, I'll hear the Lord, but I'll hear him as I've always heard him. I've heard about you in the hearing of the year. But again, Job's testimony is, but now I've seen you face to face and I'm changed. I'm undone. Speak, Lord. Tell me what you have to say. See, there's a different hearing and a different seeing in the kingdom age. And to transition out of the church into the kingdom age, God brings us through this fire. God brings a spirit of fire and spirit of judgment in Isaiah chapter four to begin to beautify us so that we can hear differently, that we can see differently, so that we will be different. That the reality of Christ 
the not I becomes our experience. I have been crucified with Christ. See, that's the that's the transition. I'm coming out of where I want. I'm being crucified out of who I was. Nevertheless, I live. I'm living. I'm still alive. You can see I'm still alive. But see, there's the but, the transition. But the life I now live, the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. See that my crucif my life before that, the I wasn't living totally by faith in the Lord. I had faith in to save me. I don't know if I have faith that I even have faith to change me, but I don't know if I have faith for him to complete me. Remember, he that has done this good work will be faithful, what? To complete it. He who started this good work will be what? Faithful to complete it, even what? Into the day of Christ. And so I've been crucified with Christ, but nevertheless, I live. But then there's the outworking, but not I, but Christ lives in me. The, the, the bridal side, that's the sonship side. The bridal side is a completely different testimony. Her testimony as a full-grown daughter and a bride is this, I am my beloved's and his desires are towards me. Notice there's no self-life in that. I am my beloved's and I'm living only for his desires. No other desire but the Lord's will. Now, if we be honest, we, let's face it, we still have our will. We, we do. We still choose what we want. We still go where we want. We still do what we want. And we serve God. It's mixture. That's the best the church age can produce is mixture. But that's why there's a third day miracle in Cana. And I've preached about it. Why the, the Lord changes water to wine. He says, this is the first miracle that Jesus did to show forth his glory. That miracle in Cana is only in John's gospel for a reason. Because John was the one that revealed Jesus as God. And so God has a finishing third day work on the third day. He has a wedding. He brings us into that marriage position to be married with him. And many of you have been crying out for desperate for God, haven't you? How many of you are passionately burning in love with the Lord? It's in that fire and it's in that trial. We either give up that passion for the Lord or, we, or it grows. And so in that trial that you're facing right now, those difficult situations, that the Lord is awakening your hunger. He's awakening your thirsting. He's, he's awakening your ability to be emptied so that he can fill you with a new and deeper revelation of who he is. Not what he does, but who he is. It's a revelation of who he is that empowers us, that enables us, that prepares us and positions us to be filled with the glory. It is not the work that empowers you for glory. And that's the difference between the church age and the kingdom age. That's the difference between many that are still ministers, faithful ministers, that are still, you know, you know, doing business as usual, but painting it over with kingdom talk. They're still doing the Great Commission. I'm not saying we shouldn't. I'm just saying, but that's their focus. They're not, they're not talking about what I'm talking about. They're not preparing what, what we're doing because the work is the focus. In the kingdom age, your life is the focus. What you're becoming is what is in focus. Because the Lord told me, Henry, what I'm making you is greater than anything you'll ever do for me. He said that to me 25 years ago. Henry, what I'm making you is more valuable to me than anything you'll ever do for me. And if you notice, when Jesus chose the 12, the first thing he did is he called them to come and be with him. Then he sent them. That's what the church age miss, miss missing. And many of the church ministers are missing it because there's no talk about coming. It's all about going, 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 going. Going doesn't prepare you for eternity. Coming does. Boy, that's a word, isn't it? Going does not prepare you for eternity. Coming does. 
He called the 12 that they might be with him, and then he sent them out. That's what Mark's gospel says. He called them up the high mountain that they might be with him. And then he chose them, and he ordained them, and he sent them out. Notice coming always precedes going. See, that's critical. And when we refuse to come, and when you've committed the entirety of your bill, the totality of your being to the Lord, and for whatever reason you stop coming, then God uses the pressure and the circumstances of those wrong choices to bring you back to where you belong, which is allowing the Lord to choose. We have faced situations where I didn't know how we were ever going to make it. I'm in one right now. And without God, I won't. But thank God, God is with me. I don't know how the Lord's going to do this. I have no idea. And what it's impossible when I'm looking at right now, and many of you are in the same place. But what is impossible with man is possible with God. Those Hebrew boys didn't know how what was going to happen to them when they were thrown in that furnace. But one thing happened when they were in the furnace, they didn't burn. Jesus showed up. And he stood with them. And notice he didn't open the door. He did. Why didn't he open the door and let them out right away? Because those that mocked them, the enemy's plan had to be exposed. And that king had to see, wow, did we throw three men in the fall? Well, didn't we throw three men in that fire? But I see a fourth man in that fire that appears to be as the son of God. And it was then that that door got open and then they let him out and those men came out without a smell of smoke only the ropes that bound them were burnt off of them and nebuchadnezzar, nebuchadnezzar said surely your god is god or whoever it was i don't know what the guy was but you know your god is god and that's what happens when you find the lord in the midst of this pressure in the midst of these circumstances what happens in this trial, in the, uh, the season of preparations, you begin to arise and shine. We can never arise without the dealing of the Lord. You know, I'm going to close out this broadcast today with uh, just reading Isaiah chapter 4 from the Amplified. And maybe tomorrow we'll pick up on it a little bit more. I want you to notice it says in chapter 4, I'm reading out of the Amplified, in that day, what day? This day. Seven women, seven is the number of completion, shall take hold of one man saying, we will eat our own bread and provide our own apparel. Only let us be called by your name and take away our reproach of being unmarried. See, that's the cry right now. Take away the reproach of being unmarried because we were made and we were given to be married to the Lord. And I want you to see it again. This is the second time this is saying in that day, the branch of the Lord. He's not talking about Jesus here because you're going to see why in a minute. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are what? The branch. See, going doesn't prepare you. Coming does. In that day, the branch of the Lord shall be. See, that's a prophetic word. That is a declaration that's being released right now. They shall be. In that day, the branch of the Lord shall be what? Shall be beautiful and glorious. See, look at the two words it says in the Amplified. It says, shall be beautiful and glorious. See, that's a spiritual fruit. That's a spiritual conditioning. It shall be. In that day, the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious. And the fruit of the land, that's the fruit of our lives, shall be excellent and lovely to those who have escaped. Escaped what? Like a brand picked out of the fire in Zechariah. 
Is not Joshua and Zerubbabel, he sells Satan, a brand picked out of the, plucked out of the fire, a chosen of the Lord. And you're being chosen right now. You're being plucked out of the fire. <laughs> you're, being, you're being plucked out of the fire for a deeper separation onto the Lord, a deeper consecration onto the Lord, a deeper changing of the Lord in the fire so that you can be filled with fire in glory. Go figure, right? It says, and he who's left in Zion and remain in Jerusalem shall be called holy. See, that's a remnant. This is speaking about a remnant of God's people, a people within a people, a church within a church, a people who are allowing God to, to, to bring them to this place. I would not have dreamed the suffering that we would have to go through. You know, suffering by making wrong choices and just suffering, period, for the gospel's sake. I didn't realize how strong that human will is in us that will save itself at all costs, defend itself at all costs. God has to remove our defenses, our, our desire to justify ourselves, our, our, our just to explain ourselves, and we do it. It's a, that's what our flesh does. It wants to justify itself. It wants to explain itself. Why? So it can look better. And the enemy will, you know, God will use those near you, around you, to test you. What will, you, what will come out of you? Because the enemy says, give an explanation for yourself. And then you want to defend yourself. Give, why are you doing what you're doing? And you'd have to admit, I'm weak. I made a mistake. I, I'm still being dealt with the Lord. But instead we say, bah, 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 right? And we use our defenses. We have to become defenseless so God can be our defense. That's a word. We have to become defenseless so that God can be our defender. We have to get rid of our righteousness so that God can become our righteousness. And that righteousness will preserve us. Our, that righteousness will preserve us. It will sustain us. It will enable us. It will protect us. It will prepare us to be rulers and reign, to rule and reign with him. And he was left in Zion and remains in Jesus will be called holy. And everyone who is recorded in Jerusalem for eternal life. And this is where we'll pick up tomorrow. After the Lord has washed away, you see, that's what this is about. If we're going to arise as God's saints, as God's overcoming ones, it says, and the Lord has washed away the filth. See, that's exactly what Zechariah, Joshua the high priest, receives when he stands in the presence of the Lord and what Zechariah sees. He has to remove those filthy garments. See, it's in, it's in Zechariah, it's here, and it's also in Malachi, and it's also in Revelations chapter 2 and 3. All of this process is all throughout it, how God wants to bring forth an overcoming people. It says, and the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion. What filth? Pride, vanity, and haughtiness. You would not thought that may have been in Job because he was more righteous than anyone on the face of the earth. But when we think better than God, when we think we know better than God, when we think God is unfair, that's when our righteousness is but a filthy rock. Tell me something. Have you all, has there ever been times where you think that this is not fair? Why are you going through it? Maybe. Have you ever questioned, why do I have to go through this? Have you ever said, how come nobody else has to go through this? Why am I being dealt with so severely? It's part of that human nature for those questions. And in that, God has to remove from the daughters of Zion, pride, vanity, and horniness and has purged the bloodstains of Jerusalem 
The bloodstains of Jerusalem are the sins of the church. The, the, the bloodstains of us doing things our own way, of bringing the Cain offering to God, our sweat. Lord, I did this for you, now do this for me. Or bringing and say, Lord, look what I've done for you. I prophesied in your name. I cast out devils in your name. Look at all I've done for you. And yet Jesus speaks a word, not of acceptance, but of judgment. Depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never knew you. So whatever comes out of our life has to be pure and holy from the pure love of God. Every thought, every deed, every action has to come from the purity of God. It can't come from our self-efforts or our self-works or our self-understanding. And we must allow the Lord to work in us in this deeper way. And your flesh hates it. My flesh hates it. I've been crucified with Christ. Who wants to? But you said you wanted more of God. You said you would love him with every fiber of your being. You gave the Lord the totality of your being and he took it and he owns it. And that's why he's not answering you when you're kicking and screaming. That's why he's not going to do it your way. Because if he did, you, he wouldn't keep his, he wouldn't keep that covenant you made with him. And so he's going to get you past your feelings and your emotions and how you want things done. He has to get you past that so that the only thing you want is his will and his desires. Jesus sweat great drops of blood, you know, you know, at Calvary, you know, at, at Gethsemane, I mean, sweet fighting that very thing as a man. Father, if it be possible, take this cup from me. Isn't that what we're going through right now? If it be possible, take this cup from me. And maybe we're not sweating physical great drops of blood, but you're sweating on the inside those great drops of blood until we can finally say, all right, God, I don't understand this. I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know how this is going to work out, but not my will. Your will be done. That's a death. That's the death process, the crucifixion process on the inside. Jesus carried his obedience to death. That's this death right here. Not my will, but your will be done. And then the death of the cross, which means now he was ready to be a living sacrifice for the Lord, the Lamb of God. He was always the Lamb of God. But as the Son of Man, he had to come to that death process of that crucifixion in his heart where he had every power to change his circumstances. He did not have to go to that cross, but he surrendered to the Father's will. And then he carried his obedience. And that's what overcomers do. They carry their obedience. Because they're not, because not I, but Christ now lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. And the Lord has washed away the pride, the vanity, the, the bloodstains of Jerusalem from, from its midst by the spirit and blast of judgment and the spirit of burning. And I'll talk about tomorrow. But let's wrap this up. And it says, and the Lord will create over the whole site. What? All of Jerusalem, all this bride company. He will create over the whole site. That's what is on the other side and the life that I now live. And his desires are towards me. This is the blessing that will prepare you, position you to be an overcomer a son, a full-grown son, daughter, to rule and reign with him. It's this, and the Lord will create over this whole site, over every dwelling place of Mount Zion and over assemblies, listen to this, a cloud of smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night. What does that mean? That means now you are positioned to be led by cloud by day, fire by night. Now you are a son of God that says those that are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. Because through this process, you've been cooperating, you're surrendering, you're emptying, you're seeing him, you're desperate for him. And now no longer are you living in the church age eyesight and hearing of the Lord, but now you're coming up here so that you can see the throne that's standing open in heaven. Now you can see Jesus as he's being revealed today with eyes of fire, you know, a double-edged sword coming out of his mouth, his hair as white as snow, right? 
you know, and, and you know, and and that white rain man, and he's holding the seven stars and his feet are burning. This is what you see. I see before I've heard you about the hearing of the ear, but now I see you face to face. That's what this is all about. That's the preparation process that will rule and reign with that. That is how we'll begin to arise and shine for the light has come. And that is how the glory of the Lord shall be begin what be seen risen upon us. That is what's going to draw nations to our arising and kings to our brightness. That's what this series is all about. And they sh he shall be a canopy over the, by a, a fire by day, a cloud by day, fire by night. Listen, over, for over all the glory shall be a canopy. Look at this. And over all of them, the glory shall be a canopy, a, a defense of divine love and protection. Look at that. In this process, and a canopy, a Shekinah glory. We're going to talk about that tomorrow, the Shekinah being restored to us. Okay, becomes a canopy of love and protection, love and protection. We're trying to love ourselves and protect ourselves when we defend ourselves, when we don't surrender, when we kick and scream and holler and blame everybody around us for all our problems or blame ourselves or blame God. All of that nature has to be burned out of us, has to be removed out of us so that we can say, though, I, though, though, though you slay me, yet I'll trust you. So we can offer, offer up to the Lord a sacrifice of praise. In our sufferings, where we can be like Paul and Silas when they're beaten and with a, with uh, with forty lashes and thrown into a jail cell, we can praise and worship the Lord and pray as they did, so that God can bring an earthquake. That's overcoming quality of life. That's a son and daughter of God. And the last part of this is there shall be a pavilion for shade in the daytime from the heat and a place of refuge and shelter from the storm and the rain. Which means you're now ready for God's end time purposes. Well, I hope this has been a blessing to you. Okay, and I'm going to pray right now and uh, for us and uh, that God would do this in all of us. I hope we had a wonderful time together with the Lord. Father, I thank you. You know how much I've kicked and screamed. I wish I could say I didn't. Lord, I never knew that we would have to face these type of things. But you did. And you knew it before we were born. You knew the thoughts and plans for us before we even got to this place. You knew we would be here. And you always intended to be here with us. Help us to get our eyes off of trying to be delivered out of it. But for you to deliver us from it. And all that's in us that needs to come out, Lord, so that we can be prepared, emptied. Totally emptied. so that we can be totally filled with the new wine. Lord, wherever place today we're holding on to that old wine skin and drinking the old wine, or the way we think things should be, the way we've done church, the way we've done ministry, the way we've lived, Lord, let it end. Let it end, we give it up today, Lord. We surrender it totally to you, Lord. Even the old mindsets, Lord. We ask you to come, refiner's fire and fuller soap to purify us, Lord. Bring us forth like gold and like pure silver so that we may bring you the offerings that you want in righteousness so that we can live only for your will as you did, Jesus. We That your life would become the reflection of our life, Lord. I pray such a release. I pray such a strengthening. I pray such an impartation. Lord, strengthen to all those who are watching and will watch this broadcast. I pray you take this broadcast and bring it to everyone that you want to hear throughout the world, Lord. 
I don't promote it, Lord. You, this is yours. Only you can bring it where you want it to bring. Strengthen us. Strengthen our resolve. Lord, I pray a supernatural strengthening today, God, and all those that are weary, all those that are about to give up, all those that have shed so many tears, they have no tears left. Those that need, Lord, your divine strength to get up, to stand again, Lord. And may we all see you as that fourth man in the midst of this, Lord. May our eyes be concentrated fully on your presence with us right where we are today, Lord. And you've already made a way out. You said you'd never let us be tempted beyond what we can bear. You've already brought us out, Lord. So let us find you in here and let that work that you need to do, Lord, in us, in this fire, in these circumstances, in this desert, Lord, come to its complete work so that we no longer live. That we can testify and be crucified with Christ. But not I, but Christ now lives in me. Now, Lord, to you who can do it, see me above all that we ask or think. To you, Lord. Through all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. I'm going to invite you, beloved, as we wrap up, September 28th and the 30th, to the gathering of the Lord. This gathering together, we are to meet the Lord as the God that bursts. I want to invite you to come. There's an invitation for you. This gathering is by invitation only, so I'm inviting you. I'm not inviting you, the Lord's inviting you. For three days, we're going to set apart, morning, noon, and night, just to seek the face of the Lord. No agenda, okay? No guest speakers. We're going to come together to meet the God that births. And as we do, there are promises and things that God has said over your life, your city, your church, and your ministry that have not come to pass. And we may have given up on them. I thought they would never come. And even your region and your city. But those words were given to us, not for the church age manifestation, but the kingdom age. They words for now. And even though we got them 25, 30 years ago, God is going to birth them again and rebirth them at this gathering so that they can come into existence. We're going to meet him. And those things that have been dead are going to be resurrected into life again. And we're going to see him like we've never seen him before. We're going to hear him like we've never heard him before. And we're going to minister to his heart. That's why we're coming as priests to minister to him. And then when he reveals himself as sons, we're going to receive everything that he has to say. And it's going to change the, the Northeast. It's going to change that New England. It's going to change the Mid-Atlantic states like nothing before. This is going to be a divine shifting time together. And I invite you to come. This is a holy set apart three days and nights for the Lord. If you want details, I'm going to write my, I'm going to put the website on there. Oops. My bad. I didn't, oh man. I wish I didn't have to type this, but I have to. 2007. Sorry. Sorry. Forward slash. Oh, thank you. Lynn already put it up there, right? No, she didn't. Okay, I'm doing that now. Events dash two. Okay. If you go to that link, okay, you'll find out where the location is. You'll find out the hotel discounted, um, discounted, and um, I can tell you in the Northeast and Mid Atlantic states and um, New England, we are right near you. 
So there's no excuse for you not hearing this invitation to come. The dates are September 28th through the 30th. You can find it on the website, you know, those things. Uh, amen. Also, those of you, you know, if God has touched your heart today, you don't have to give anything. But people ask me, you know, Pastor, Brother Henry, I want to be able to bless you to do this work of the Lord. I want to bless you so that you continue, you and Donna, to do the work of the Lord. And, and if you want to, this is something new we have. If you want to just, if you're on screen now, you can just scan that app, right? Scan that barcode right there, and it will take you right to our donation link, okay? And so we appreciate it very much. We cannot live without God touching his people. We can't. You know, we, we're, we're total reliant. He said, freely you receive, freely give. He said, whatever town you go into, don't take any gold or take any silver with you. Find those that will welcome you and stay there. Those that will love you and take care of you. This is a way, if God has used us to, and you have welcomed us into your home, this is a way that God may touch you to be able to help take care of us, you know, so that we can live and continue to do this and share this continuing message of preparation with, with, um, um, with the nations. So I'll leave it on there for now and uh, I'll close it with that so that those of you that want to uh, give, that's the one way to do it. Lynn put it on our donation link as well. So um, she put our, uh, our PayPal on there. But again, giving is between you and the Lord. No one has to give anything. This is free. But I thank God for those of you that God will touch, even today, to be a blessing and to help us, you know, continue to live and be the the apostolic prophetic um, ministry uh, missionaries that God has called us to be. So thank you so much. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same station. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye.